0: Broadcasting from everywhere and nowhere. The Misfit Crew at South Fleet HQ is proud to bring you the Die Living Podcast. All right guys, welcome back to the Die Living Podcast. Today's special guest we have is Brian McKenzie. Um, if you guys have been following the endurance world, are the old pass and the CrossFit Houston Ross Cross and Endurance. Now he is running Power Speed and Endurance, um, is the founder of XPT, and had just finished dropping a book called Unplug. Um, I'm going to go ahead and stop there and pass over to him and have him introduce himself because I'm pretty sure he has a lot more than what I just did. So, Brian, <laughs> it's on you, man.
1: Uh, well, th- thank you for having me, uh, George. This is, uh, it's, a, it's honor and privilege is always to be working with a community like this, especially that's following this. Um, so ultimately, our my work, I mean, my, my work with military, especially even special forces, has, has gone back over a decade. And um, it's been very instrumental in what we've, like my, my life in understanding things, because it's a very difficult world to to understand that said, um, I am. I guess <laughs> it kind of changes <laughs> from it evolves as I go. Um, I used to be known as like a coach, um, I, but I figured out I just got off of a phone call with a guy who I've I, I mentored over the last like I mean I started mentoring him in like two thousand seven two thousand eight, and um, we we just hooked back up, and uh, you know I i'm no I, I'm more of like a consultant and i'm I'm kind of like a professional athlete in the sense that I'm being paid to train and understand things that people aren't really looking at in a particular way inside human performance and when I talk about human performance, I ultimately mean human potential, so I look at the possibilities and have have been fortunate enough to work with and be invited into communities such as the ones you've you've existed in and be able to see how the upper echelons of of life in 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 whether it be military, business, athletics or whatever functions and uh, it's intrigued me because I've been able to connect the dots down to general population or those that don't believe that they are athletes or high performers. And anybody who you know, has experienced any of these things being a high performer understand like we can all enter the ego and be like, yeah, it's because I'm special at something. But the fact of the matter is, is mo- most people I've ever talked to, especially world champions, And, and, you know, even like you talk about guys like at six or, or, you know, like the hot, you know, you're talking or Delta or whatever you're talking about the upper and they don't think there's really anything special about what they do. There isn't that thing. It's, I just understand what my team is and what I'm willing to fucking do for that team. And I listen, and I'm willing to digest something to understand it in a more, more appropriate manner. Or, or, or in some direction that somebody, the, a lot of us are fucking caught up in this insanity cycle of repeat the same thing over and over, expect a different result. And, you know, it's this process. So I've largely been very fortunate because I've remained curious my entire career. And so I've been able to work with multiple world champions, multiple professional athletes, multiple special forces units. Uh, multiple high-level business people, um, and I've had these invitations to these things because I'm, I'm just somebody who wants to learn and, and share what it is I'm learning.
0: And that's huge, dude. It, it blows my mind, man. As you, uh, like we talked about pre-show, is I've actually started following you back in 2010. Uh, I got back from Afghanistan on deployment, and I became an instructor to be, uh, basic reconnaissance course, which is a schoolhouse for reconnaissance Marines. And right away, they don't send instructors straight into the into the teaching curriculum. They put you at a place called MART, which is Marine Awaiting Recon Training. And pretty much your job there is to train full all day and train these kids that are getting ready to go to recon school. And I was very fortunate to be blessed with kind of learning to exercise backring. Um, before coming back from my deployment, and I started really needing to learn, hey, I need to build these guys up for their jobs, to do what I just did on the deployment in 2010. Um, And everyone knows uh, Charlie Company, Force Company, pretty much first recon battalion in 2010 (laughs) were black diamonds, and we took care of work out there. Um, We were the first company or the first battalion to come back with no KIAs but wounded in action, which was huge in an Afghan deployment. So coming back, we were like, you had all these fucking pipe hitters, dude.
1: Especially for a recon unit.
0: Especially for a recon unit. Um, It was huge because of the fact that, you know, we were patrolling at nighttime and fighting during the day. And then, and still talking about it gives me goosebumps to this day because it was probably one of the best deployments we had been on. and has still to this day is going to be the best deployment that these guys have been on. And that happened for us out there. Um, But coming back, we had a bunch of pipe hitters at the schoolhouse and we're like, how do we train these guys to get ready for not just the rigors for BRC, but I looked long-term. I was like, I want them to be better than me. I want them to be able to go out and do and take care of the guys who are left and right of me and not just be as good as I am but be better than
1: me. And right away, dude, I opened my mind to start learning. And I was and like – that, that is the hardest thing I saw with even people who I looked to for mentorship early, early on in my career, you know, that, that I inevitably knew I had to leave that relationship Because they were not okay with me potentially growing more or infecting more people than they were. I don't think it was a better then, but I do look at the people that I'm sharing information with as, like, look, man, there's nothing unique in this fucking world. Everything great is in the rearview mirror. And I don't create anything new. I take on a concept of something that was old, but I see a different light that I can put on it. And I know by sharing that light, it's going to spark a trigger in somebody else. And let's just say it's you, right? And there's something about what I just shared that's infected you with something that makes you prideful, right? And it's no different than the fact that you just talked about going to Afghanistan and what you guys accomplished over there and how you accomplished it and how you feel good about that. And that is the same fucking thing. We are storytellers and it's how you tell the story and how that story affects you and how you inspire somebody else. And knowing that by sharing that, I just gave them the key and now they've got everything I've got and everything else. So now they have the ability to make it even bigger. That is why we are where we are. It is no other reason. And, and, you know, unfortunately, a lot of us as human beings get caught up in this thing is me, 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 I, 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 what I'm creating. And I went through all of this, bro. Like, I went through all of this with CrossFit endurance. And I was like, this is the way, this is the thing. Fuck the, you know, the normal endurance community because they were upset about what I did. And I was like, fuck it, I'll draw a line. (laughs) Like, I'm ready to go. You know, and when you have a lot of friends and you've worked inside these communities and you're part of, you grow up in a punk rock scene, it's like you're only using the tools you've got, right? But those, when you really realize that that may not be the most effective route, changes may start to happen. And so, you know, that's what happened and that is what's gone on. And, and, And I, that is the reason I do what I do. And I see such commonality in the conversations I get to have, especially in the first five minutes that we're having that there's this common bond we share and it makes it very easy for us to communicate and exist inside of a tribe.
0: Exactly right. And that's the key word right there is that tribe. And especially with the soft communities, it blows my mind. You said earlier when you first opened up was you've been doing, been working with a tactical athlete or in the military and the soft communities for 12 years, dude. Like it blows my mind to know that someone like you who wasn't in that realm, but was, is able to build that relationship and build that trust to be able to still work with them. I mean, we name it, there's multiple tactical athlete companies out there who come and go, right? We see it all the time. And we wonder why they come and go. And then we look in and we talk to guys like yourself and I, and we're able to build that relationship with everybody else and to grow. It's crazy. You talk about, you know, wanting to separate from different people and be able to continue growing, right? Like, I was in the boat of the same thing as you're talking about. When I first started coaching CrossFit and weightlifters and all that good stuff, I was in the room like, "If you're a weightlifter, that's all you're doing. If you're a CrossFitter, that's all you're doing. You're not running, swimming, biking. This is what you're doing." And I realized it was doing this to the athletes. So they came to me like this, yeah, in a big circle. And all of a sudden, when I when I was telling they're going do this, it went and it brought them in and it took away their human potential. It took away from it.
1: I've done the same thing, and it's it's I've all trial and error. We've all we've all, we all do this, and this is that that kind of path to enlightenment to a large degree. And it's like you find something great or you think you've got some knowledge on something and then righteousness enters the situation. And I'm not trying to be biblical at all because I'm not religious. in sense, But righteousness follows man to a large degree. And that's where we have to catch it. And then, and when that gets there, unfortunately for me now, I mean, and that's why I'm, and we don't need to drift off to the breath work yet, but The only reason I'm involved with breath work was because I talked shit on something that I thought I knew something about, but had zero experience with it. And that for me triggered this response of, Oh fuck. (laughs) Like that's just ignorance. And I'm such a, I'm such an idiot. Like what would happen on a team or a unit if that was the behavior? You'd be fucking so out so quick. Or someone would be killed. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so like you really like it has to resonate at some point when you're working with communities like this, even in business, because high functioning businesses work the exact same way. Right. And high functioning teams work the exact same way. Like my wife's team for, you know, um, the U S women's eight for rowing. Um, they were, they were the longest reigning world champions in, in rowing history. Um, and it was arguably the most toxic fucking environment until they fucking got in a boat. And when they got in the boat, they literally, there was, everybody was together. It was one fucking thing. Yep. It was one goal and nobody detracted from anything. And that's why it worked.
0: No, that's, and that's completely true. we actually, it's funny. We talked about, I talked to Brett this morning, who's the owner of SoftLead. Um, yeah. He's CEO and he's a super cool dude. I mean, you and him and all of us would all jive, if we all got put in the same room together, um, but we're getting ready to head out to Colorado, Boulder, Colorado for our SoftLead HQ meeting. So we do these random meetings all over the United States to kind of just grow and just kind of like help push to whatever's going on. And we're actually talking about how we're actually a soft team. Yes. Everyone in the, everyone in the, in the company yes. is a prior soft guy, except for one dude. He's a financial advisor, which is Aaron, but the dude is smart as shit. He knows what he's talking about. He blends in very well. And I was talking about, I was like, you two guys are the platoon commander, platoon sergeant. Everyone else are team leaders on the team doing what they need to do. They don't need a check-in every single day, but a weekly meeting or whatever else and get to it. And, and look at the company right now. I mean, I, I've been working with this company since we started in 2015, dude. And we went from putting free programming online, what we still do on Instagram and Facebook to train heroic from train heroic. who dropped their own app and now we're doing a whole bunch of other things with that now. Right. And you talk about that. It's like, why do we keep growing is because we're bringing on people onto the team who are doing great things already. We just want to bring it under one roof so they can continue helping us grow just how you are right now with PSE, with your running, rowing, um, your try stuff with your tactical athlete stuff. And again, like that, um, it was funny. It was like, Someone asked me, like, you're, you're, you're doing a podcast with Brian McKenzie, Rob Wilson, all these guys from PSE and all this stuff, and they do tactical athlete programming. And uh, Rob Wilson said it perfectly to me. He goes, we're all in different cultures. We all have a different culture in the way we explain things and the way we kind of bring those athletes to us. There's, plenty no- There's enough fish in the sea for us to work with everybody. And if we're on the same level, we're all helping everyone go the right way.
1: Let's just call it military exactly instead of instella instead of even police law enforcement or fire right so let's just keep it at military how many military people are there uh a shit ton i can't even tell you the number 22 million or something like that right how much business is that that's a lot of business (laughs) it's more business than you guys could handle yep and more than you can handle also more than both of us could handle yeah There's 7 billion fucking people on the planet and we're fucking sitting here like, I've watched this happen. Like people are just like fucking scrounging for the scraps or trying to grab your clients and it's like, dude, (laughs) like you're not doing something unique enough to fucking like, like you need to get into your creative work because this is not working out. Like trying to blow out somebody else's flame in order to fucking, it doesn't work. And this yeah. is, you know, this is, these are the conversations I'm having now is it's like, dude, I look to support everybody and anybody I've worked with, including CrossFit, even though I don't work with CrossFit. And, and there's some people in CrossFit HQ, I do not get along with anymore, but my love for Greg Glassman still remains strong, he and I are still friends, we still communicate, his original idea is manifest, it finds itself in the presentations that I give, because it's real, it's authentic, and I'm always going to push, because I believe CrossFit is easily the most, the most valuable athletic screen that's ever existed, and if you use the biases of watching what happens on the internet with people in CrossFit, you don't understand CrossFit. no.
0: <laughs> No, not at all. And, yeah. it, and it's funny. It's like, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. If it wasn't for CrossFit, I'm not going to lie to you at all. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't be the head of human performance. software. I wouldn't have like looked at CrossFit endurance back in 2010 to help train these students to help build them become better because I knew that, Hey, I know what I'm doing, right? I know what I'm doing is what's working for me is because I'm utilizing some kind of program that you're putting out that time period. And I was like, this is working for me. Why is it not going to work, not work for them? Wait a minute. It is going to work for them. I can give them my experiences, my mindset and be able to help make them grow. Again, we go back to making them that much better than I am. I mean, we're taking dudes coming in at swimming 18 minute, uh, five hundreds with, with camis on breaststroke. Dude, I took away the breaststroke and focused eight weeks of just skill development and just building the road base. I was getting guys done in 18 minutes down to under 15 minutes to 12 weeks. Just by building skill development, building aerobic capacity, and building the anaerobic aspect of it all, of understanding, hey, look, this is what you need to do. At that time period, I didn't understand breathing or nothing like that. I just told you, like, hey, this yeah. is what we, did. we used to do underwater breath holds. We used to do underwater aerobics. We used yeah. to do all this stuff, and we just thought it was to build mental toughness. But what is really mental toughness, right? Like that's something I always, I got asked that a while back. What is really mental toughness to you? Is it something you can teach somebody or is it just a definition you have for yourself that you have learned throughout the time of you growing up as a human being?
1: Uh, Well, I I definitely think it's something you can teach, but you got to be open to learning. Yeah, And I think even taking it to the hypoxic work that you you were doing and and stuff you were doing like underwaters and stuff, which has become kind of a, a, um stigmatic thing inside the you know special forces world because of guys fucking doing it inappropriately yeah. but that said it care, like that teaching yourself to go further distances underwater or be underwater for longer periods of time that builds stre- that builds your ability to deal with stress
0: mm-hmm.
1: like that is all it is carbon dioxide is is a stressor It is what's telling you to breathe. It is not oxygen that tells you to breathe. And so the better tolerant you can be develop yourself for that, then appropriately, it's like, don't go into the gym and start fucking back squatting 300 pounds for 400 reps on your first day. You know, like, like, let's think about this, like build the pro like build it so you can adapt correctly. And you've got your way of getting there. But Unfortunately, that requires somebody who wants to change what they're doing. Exactly.
0: Yeah, and that this leads me into the next thing. So we talk about the underwater stuff, and I see XPT doing a lot of it, and I know you're yeah. a founder of it. What gave you? What made you start XPT or become a founder of it? In, in for a long or just at that yeah.
1: Very simple. Um, Laird and I were connected through a buddy of mine who was an enforcer on the north shore uh, of Oahu. Okay. Um, So he was one of the original guys that was a part of the Wolf Pack. And the Wolf Pack, if you don't know, if you're not in the surf world, was a group of guys that cleaned up the North Shore. They basically beat the shit out of people. In Hawaii, they don't use guns or knives, really. They use their fists. And if you decide to go out at Pipeline and you don't have any business at Pipeline, because Pipeline is arguably the most dangerous wave in the world – and, and guys would go there because they just wanted to surf it. And so they would drop in on the wave and there'd be guys, they wouldn't see guys on a wave getting barreled on that same wave and drop in and people can get killed. People get hurt. And, the, and there's like 50 guys going for one wave. And so it was a mess in the 80s and 90s. It was a hot mess. And so these guys came over and Kai was one of those guys. He was a, he's a multiple time world champion, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu um, he's 250 pounds, Jesus. rock solid, cut up. Um, there's actually p- pictures of him way back on my Instagram account with me training him. And he introduced me to Laird because he was out uh, about four years ago, almost five years ago, um, in Fiji when it w- went code red. Kai, de- Kai runs water patrol for, the, for World Surf League and, at, at some of the spots. And he, it went, when it goes code red, they shut down the contest because it's too big. And so they shut down the contest. And every big wave surfer in the world showed up. And Laird was one of those guys. And Laird went out on his stand-up and went out to the second or third reef wherever it was breaking. And it was breaking at probably I think like 30 feet or something at the time. And at Fiji on those reefs, that's massive. That's fucking um, insane. And and I mean, like it's peeling stuff off of the reef and stuff. And Laird was going and He'd go down and he'd be, you know, coming back up and Kai texted me that night and he goes, bro, there's like 25 year old kids who are the biggest chargers in the world that are freaking the fuck out, having me pull them out of the water on the jet ski. And then there's Laird who goes down, gets back up on his board, does not want any help and paddles around the lineup and goes back out and catches another wave. And he's 50 years old. And, I, and he's like, I don't know what this fucker's doing still, but we got to find out. And I said, we'll drop the beef. Because in Hawaii, sometimes people have beefs and there were some beefs and stuff. At any rate, long story short, Laird invited Kai and, and myself up to his house to show him what, we were, what he was doing. And so he introduced me to the water training. And Laird and I, from that day on, became very, very close friends because what he was doing he it 's not that he didn 't understand it's he just didn 't communicate it and he Laird goes off of feeling yeah. and so he does a bunch of different things, and he had arguably figured out what i what I think is probably the best water training program that has ever existed and the reason I say that is because. You, doing underwater breath holds is fine, but there's a chance for shallow water blackout with that. Doing static apnea holds in water is, is great, and it can teach some confidence, but it's not real in terms of if you're not a free diver, okay? And Special Forces guys aren't free divers. No. Um, big Wave surfers are not free divers, and when an 80-foot wave comes down on your head or you're with a unit and you're fucking, you've got to swim in from you know, a place out and your oxygen runs low, what's, what are you going to do, yeah. right? So some of this stuff is great and it can teach, but what Laird figured out was is that if you're using weights in the water, you're actually creating a workload environment, so a high CO2 environment in a hypoxic environment. So the, 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 the safety that occurs is huge because you when CO2 goes high, you need to breathe. Yeah. So, so the incidence for lowering O2 levels in the brain is very, very low. Like you can't get your oxygen levels low enough because your fucking CO2 is too high. And so he really figured out this program and it, and it was awesome because the first year I did it, I saw this improvement that happened over a six month period. That was like a hockey stick. And I was somebody who swam competitively for 20 years, dude. Like I had all the swimming talent in the world and sure. Some of it transitioned over, but Holy crap, my, my ability to go from surfing and maybe 10 foot surf to getting out and 20 foot surf was that's double. And, and me being able to handle that and be in the water and, and, confidence and all that changed everything. And so it, 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 it's a revolutionary program with what he has.
0: And that's funny you said it because like, I know we used to do all that time. We used to kick kettlebells and walk on the bottom of the pool. And we used to be like, how far can you go without coming up with air? Obviously we'd have guys on deck, but I mean, I think the furthest we had one of our guys ended up going 75 feet. Yeah. With kettlebells in their hand, just took three deep breaths and just decided to walk. And you, and you watched how he walked underneath the water and how calm he was. It was just like, just calm as a, as a boat. Never yeah. once on his facial expressions did he look like he was in a panic. Came out of the water, took a deep breath in, kind of sat there for a little bit. I was like, all right, let's do that again. It, yeah, it, and that, just- that's
1: the whole thing is learning how to deal with that stress. And even though the stressor is kicking up, the intensity is kicking up, you're non-reactive. Yeah. Your, your decision to not have to react to that in a, in, in a highly reactive mode is what's gonna differentiate you, is what's gonna basically change the behavior patterns that happen in anything else.
0: So this obviously then brings me right into the experiences now with how you're utilizing breath now with deeper connections, because yeah. you just said right now, you just had a skyrocket of, I don't know if it feels more performance or mental fortitude or toughness or however else, went through by doing this hypoxic training with workload in the water with, uh, with XPT. So now you, I see you doing it all the time. And I mean, I've been following you since forever. You're now, I mean, I've, seen you, I've seen you evolve, dude. I mean, it's crazy from when you were at to where you're at now to this day. And I'm very intrigued and, I, and I'm learning as much as I can and I'm practicing and experimenting and you said the best before, it's like, I'm no longer a coach. I am a consultant or I'm a professional athlete doing things so I can learn how to pass it to others. So I know what it feels like and exactly what I'm doing now. I said that today with Brent, I was like, dude, I'm just, I'm just, a, I'm just like an athlete again. Training, doing things, so I can push off to the guys on Softly, so I'm be like, hey, look what I'm doing. It's working for me. It might not all work for you guys, but it's gonna work if you focus on doing ABC, in in some kind of approach, right? So now with what you're doing with the breathing work and creating that deeper deeper connection to help you grow, not just become better in business as an athlete, but as a human being. What really opened you besides the XBT realm to get you into the breathing?
1: Well. Simple. I mean, and, and I, and I, I'm not going to shy away from the fact that, um, you know, cause a lot of people find that the training mask is, is a funny thing is, is dumb. Um, <laughs> all this, you know, whatever. Um, the, the peanut gallery will roast and, and that's perfectly fine. Um, <laughs> but I roasted it as well. And the training mask was that, that, that incidence. Okay. Um, And it was because I didn't understand it, but I was, didn't understand it because I was looking at the marketing that was being done for it. And my understanding of altitude training is a pressurization thing. It's not, and and, and that's the actual science on it. Um, So um, it's actually the pressure that changes, which is why you can't absorb the oxygen, which is why it's lower. It's not that I have a mask on. Right. So the mask, although may alter some things like oxygen saturation levels, but that would have to be induced with some hypoxia as well. And so I balked at the training mask probably five or six years ago. And then uh, my buddy was like, here, I'll give you one. And I'm like, fuck it. Fine. I'll take it. And I'm, I knew I'm like, fuck it. You know what? I got, I got to mess with this just to see what it does. Because I'm talking shit against something I've never even put on and or done. And and that is l- lit- legitimately, definition of ignorance and so and and we all do it right so we're all ignorant to some degree and you can take that to anything but i put it on and i immediately noticed a positional change i also noticed that my diaphragm engaged in a level that i had not been using it um so instantaneously i knew motor control was affected i knew that stability would be a part of that i knew that spinal position was going to be better um, which just had my head racing and, you know, continuing to play with it. I then figured out that it was like, if we used this during warm up, although it sucked, like we were warmed up better. Like we, mm-hmm. like we've gotten really, really good at training the muscular and cardiovascular systems, but we have no fucking idea how to train the pulmonary system. And that was the rocket ship, dude. Yeah. That was like, oh, shit. Nobody's talking about this. Nobody's doing this. And, and so Training Mask actually brought me on. And they're like, look, we want you to help out. We want you to, I'm like, sure. And they threw some money at me. And I was like, you know, it's great. And that just makes it better. But, you know, I didn't want to talk about it in the manner that they were necessarily marketing it. That's not the issue. It was it, like the issue. There was no issue. It was here's how I'm going to talk about it. And here's how I've learned about it. And, and here's what we're doing and then boom all of a sudden three years later there's research showing exactly what we're doing with resistance training devices that we like I was like holy shit like we're we were definitely in the right place like and you know in that process I ran into the Wim Hof stuff I read a book on Wim Hof um, that that's this archaic thing that nobody's really ever heard of uh, and and this is like four or five years ago and um, you know, I, I was like, there's got to be more on this whack job, like on the internet. And so I googled, <laughs> it and I found his, I found his course and it was like, nobody was doing it. And it was like, I think they just converted it to English. And, um, you know, so I went through that and within the first two days I was like, holy shit. And so I threw that at Laird and we both took off on it and used it for a season and screwed around with it. And it allowed us to understand what, what an induced you know hyperventilation thing could do and teaching your body how to go into alkalosis and you know I didn't totally understand any of this shit back then um, but I knew it was doing something and then it was like wait a second there's got to be some other stuff in here too and then looking back on some yoga stuff and I had experience in yoga years ago and and understanding why and how the breath is connected to movement and then I'm like, oh my God, like there's just so much depth here and then looking into things like tumo practice, which is the Buddhist, a Buddhist monk practice where they teach you you know how to manipulate your own physiology and body um like how to heat yourself up and yeah. this was something that you know this this is what Wim's l- really learned how to do with the ice is, he, is he's learned tumo and oh wow okay yeah 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 and 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 he he's got a method you know right and so he teaches the breathing method, but the, 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 the art of actually getting the body to warm up is a meditative practice yeah. that involves some breath work to it as well. And if you pay t- if you've ever watched any of his world records, you will see that he's not sitting there hyperventilating. He's doing other things. And I, I, I've been able to connect dots with all this stuff. And this doesn't take anything away from Wim. Wim's a fucking, he, he's a demigod with what he's done, man. I mean, he's done some great stuff. Um, but, we also started to find out that, you know, w- that WIMS method doesn't necessarily work for everybody. okay. And, and some of those people happen to be in or, or tend to deal with anxiety on high levels. Okay. And there's a lot of people in high functioning places like special forces units, um, business, um, elite athletics that I was watch observing that were not being affected in the manner that I was essentially being affected. Right. And so we started to look at that and that's where we ran. That's where I really started to delve into understanding CO2 and its relationship with everything. And so hyperventilation or superventilation practices, and there's many like Wim Hof method, there's holotropic breathing, there's breath of fire, cabal bhati, which is in yoga, and all of these things are all are all forms of they're all ways of basically hyperventilation, induced hyperventilation, which creates alkalosis, which creates a, a, a way for the brain to think that the body is dying. Okay. And when it does that, it induces a very deep transient state. That's not that's not a bad thing, it's not a good thing. There's times for it and there isn't. And um but we found that, you know, um, it was the opposite side of that, that was having the more profound physiological ap- applications to people. So in the, what I mean by the opposite is, is actually slowing respiration rates down and developing higher levels of CO2 tolerance. So think hypoxic work to some degree, okay. but controlled breathing. And one, one, of the, one of the major issues, and this goes back, like I found a book that was written in 1869 on all this stuff. And it's called Shut Your Mouth and Save Your Life. And it's about nasal breathing. But nasal breathing requires a slower respiration rate, right? And it also induces, it's also a part of your, res- your nose is a part of your respiratory system. Your mouth is not. Yep. And so I'm going to be all jacked up after this. Um, podcast and the reason I'm going to be jacked up is because I've been talking through my mouth so I'm setting off sympathetic tone so if I'm if I'm in any situation regardless of I'm athletic regardless if I'm on a mission and I'm or I'm training it doesn't matter the moment my mouth goes open I'm setting off more sympathetic tone and I'm blowing off more co2 so so I'm changing what's going on in the body and breathing is the remote control of the brain and I can upregulate or I can downregulate. And one of the first instances that really caught my attention was when we helped clear a guy who had a concussion wow. or TBI. And what my intent was not to, I, like I didn't know what we were if we were going to clear it or not, but he could not clear and he was still foggy. He was still fucked up and we gave him some protocols and instantaneously, like in two days, he was perfectly fine after using the protocols each day. And that's really transcended into understanding how there's a connection to fear, anxiety. Um, I'm, I'm now involved in a project with Stanford that's on fear and anxiety on Stanford, Stanford medicine with Dr. Andrew Huberman. Okay, that's um, literally, it's, th- this is part of DOD funding like the DOD funds this stuff and they're very interested in this stuff, but it really ultimately comes to, there is not one thing that works for you that works for me because our physiology is a little different. You're probably a little fitter than I am. I mean, I've, 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 I've heard you can lift some weight. So like, and and you can go fast and you've been active and you're younger than I am. And so there's, there's things that you've got going on that are going to be very different. So what protocol is going to work for you? And, the, your emotional reactivity to something is very different from mine, right? And mine from my wife's. And my, and so we're able to kind of navigate this now and give people fingerprints as we've developed an algorithm for understanding this. And it's really been radical because it, it doesn't – it's not what we all thought. And And even yoga has missed some of this boat, you know, because you can't just give somebody a specific – way to breathe and hope that that is what they can do because if their co2 tolerance isn't there they're not going to be optimal and so we want to be able to optimize the individual to what they're doing
0: that's crazy dude i was actually it was like four weeks ago i started looking more into uh, sleep apnea and insomnia and like how uh dysfunctional breathing patterns actually lead to that and actually induce more ptsd right and i was listening to us listening to a podcast with like these two Asian doctors and I forgot the name of the podcast. Two Asian doctors were actually talking about how they work in a sleep, a sleep study lab and they had a lady come in. I guess, they, I guess the sleeping scale is, correct me if I'm wrong if you know about it, is like zero to 24. I think if you're higher end of it, you're worse. If you're on the lower end of it, you're actually doing really good for sleeping. So she kept coming in and she kept coming in and she was like, look, I'm not getting any better with the medicine you're giving me. I'm not getting any better with the sleep apnea machine. I think it is my breathing. So the doctors finally were like, like listen to her, their patient and was like, okay, what do you mean? She's like, I just can't take a deep breath in. So when I go to sleep at night, even with the sleep app machine, I still can't get a full breath in, I still wake up. I need to find a way out how to get a deeper breath into my body and create more oxygen. So the doctor started doing research and started giving her breathing work. Within six, seven weeks, her score went from a 22 down to like a six.
1: Yeah and it's the doctor in- yeah. yeah yeah I give people if I can get somebody to do 10 breath cycles in the morning based on their fingerprint and co2 tolerance le- uh, levels it it'll change their life yeah, it it's crazy their life if for somebody that's that off the page for the for people who are more parasympathetic dominant and have a better co2 tolerance it doesn't have as big of an impact but it can still it still has an impact and fact is is like, even for somebody like me who's been practicing at this stuff for about five years, pretty hardcore, um, I was blown away when I was just doing, like, Wim Hof stuff, and my CO2 tolerance levels were shit still. Like, I still wasn't – was, I mean, sure, after I did Wim Hof, like, I, I, I had higher levels, and I was fine, but, like, you can't – like, you have to actually slow the respiration rate down consciously So that when you're subconscious, like the fact is, is anybody who's got, who's dealing with sleep apnea or has sleep issues, they're mouth breathers. I can tell you right now. And, and that's the problem. Oh, you open your mouth. You're sympathetic, dominant. Oh, you're sympathetic, dominant and trying to sleep. Yeah. That's why you're waking up all night long. (laughs) Like shut your fucking mouth, which they used to have these, like Native American women used to tape the mouths of their children so that they wouldn't get the black mouth. The wow. black mouth was the other name for round eye or white man. Yeah, I mean it's crazy, dude. Shit goes like I said, in the rearview mirror there's a lot of information that we've just blown by because we've put in we've put things like this does not take anything away from Western medicine, but we've put things like Western medicine at the forefront of what should be happening versus that is in emergency fucking situations that that should be happening. And now doctors who actually do give a shit and want to actually practice things like I'm talking, like we are talking about right now, and there are plenty of docs, and I'm actually about to get into business with, with a medical company And we're going to make sure that this is going to be going into medical practice to some degree, because if you can't, if you can't introduce just breathing to somebody, I'm not saying it's the cure all, but I will say this, you are going to fucking change some things. And if you can get somebody who's committed to something like that, you're not going to have to give them the medication, you're going to change their life forever. And I've, I've seen in five years, I have seen thousands of people's lives completely changed. And this is, I mean, I've seen hundreds of special forces guys' lives change because they're now understanding how to regulate, how to, when I am dealing with shit and you deal with shit, whether you like it or not, it, it does, you know, like you can't just, what you're seeing, you can't just stuff it and never fucking, dude, you've got to come to the, the reality of what you saw, what you've dealt with, and it's okay and then move on and unfortunately in a sympathetic tone the brain doesn't know how to fucking comprehend that shit it scares them absolutely exactly that's what it's fight flight or freeze sympathetic tone fight flight freeze fight flight freeze and if i'm constantly in that state you can't process you need to recover and adapt and so that's where that adaptation comes in and so if you can get guys to start doing stuff like that it literally legitimately changes guys lives and you can get like immediately following a mission, getting on a helo, ju- jumping it. Dude, I'm pl- pop, I'm hitting the number and I'm going and I'm that's my first thing versus cleaning my fucking gun. Like let's rearrange the way we're thinking about how we're fucking dealing with a $5 million investment versus fucking, you know, hey, let's have them clean their weapon first and you know, all this stuff versus no, I need my guys in top shape, ready to handle shit and them wanting to clean their guns because they're ready to clean a gun, you know? And it's just an analogy, but the same thing goes for an athlete, man. You know how many fucking CrossFit Games athletes are already training again? Oh, dude, I, I'm watching right now. It's fucking mind-blowing, mind-blowing. I was like, dude, you're a week
0: <laughs> after the Games right now. Why didn't you, like, take two or three weeks off? Or, like, just do some breathing work and move. Take
1: a, take a month, month off. Take a month off. Go hike. Go around, go play. You know, and and it's like they can't. And this is where kind of the games drifts away from what actually is cyclical. And it's not. And 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 I'm not somebody who actually believes in periodization, but I will say that you've got to pay attention to energy. And if you're gonna train year round like that for for something, you're going to you're you're in your 20s. You'll last four or five years. Yeah,
0: no, it's funny you say that. You, we look uh, I, for example, we use the ta- we we'll use the military, the soft guy. Yeah, how long do they really last? Right, we look yes. at a, how long do they really last, and it's because of the fact that we're on the go. I mean, we go to boot camp. In boot camp, we again, like I said, I'm going to say this. In boot camp, you're in a sympathetic zone at the whole time because yes. you're like this.
1: Yeah, I went to boot. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Right, and then
0: from there, dude, you go from there, and then you're like, all right, cool. I either go to infantry school, or I go to or I go to my my regular school or whatever else. All right, cool. Now I'm getting the shit kicked out of me for 12 weeks, you know, if you're going through a sock, you know, whatever else a year long, and then you come back and now you're having to prove yourself to everybody around you. So you're never able to really come down. And all of a sudden next time you next by you know it, you've been in the military for fucking 8 years and you've just been riding this wave and all of a sudden you're just going to crash sometime and then. And, and and it's crazy because of the fact now we look at and we can use CrossFit example like we talked about it. We had athletes who just who just trained year round, got done with the games. And I'll tell you that the games was probably one of the hardest games I've seen this year uh, since it's been around. And I loved it, dude. It it hit a lot of things that I really was happy to see that athletes were able to do. But now you're seeing on Instagram and social media, and we'll get into that in a little bit, but you're seeing these athletes who are coming out. And I saw, I'm not going to say the name for the athlete, but he was like, went to go power clean 305 and got stuck in the hole. And he was like, man, I don't know why my body's feeling so tired for. And I can think in my head, I wanted to post on there and be like, well, let's be honest, bro. You just got done competing for five days straight You and then decided to take a week off and you're back in the gym. That's not going to be enough for you. Like, you're, you're, you're fit enough to take a month off to get outside, go run, go swim, enjoy nature, do everything else, work on movement, quality work, everything else, and then you're going to come back and you're going to fucking kill
1: it. This is the difference. So this is, um, unfortunately, so this is what I saw with the endurance world. And, and this is why CrossFit Endurance was created and what is now PowerSpeed Endurance. PowerSpeed Endurance, yeah. You know, and um, we... I, I, I've, I've dealt with alcoholics and, and drug addicts to a large degree. And, you know, for like tw- 20 years ago, it was, it was a big part of my life in, in helping guys and people like that. And the things that I saw there are the exact same things I've seen in athletics and that I've seen in the military and that I've seen in the police forces and the fire forces. And I've seen in human nature yeah. and people want to believe like they, they take on this thing of a coping mechanism and they don't understand that there's, you can't just ride the coping mechanism. And regardless, like I, I watched I, this vegan guy just posted who's, who's a great athlete and he's an ultra guy. But, but he posted about this, this isn't an addiction if it's not doing any damage to my life and if it's enhancing my life. And that, that's arguably very true. And I'm not trying to tell this guy or anybody that you need to get rid of that. But what if none of that existed for you? Yeah. What if you didn't have the ability to do that stuff? How would you pan out? What would you turn to? exactly and, and and that's where this all sits and it's like if i can't fucking understand that i need a bigger r- r- parasympathetic tone like literally i need almost quadruple the amount of parasympathetic to my sympathetic state for an adaptation to happen then you're you're just not understanding and so we don't go through that anymore and, and 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 although we're designed to move all the time it's not swim bike run lift fucking you know paddle all day long you you like we rested and and we can you know you, you the, the best athletes in the world like Laird Hamilton is a professional surfer is a professional big wave surfer who really is not sponsored by anybody but his own self and he People look at him surfing 100-foot waves or whatever, and it's amazing. And I don't take away from that. Fuck yes, it's crazy. I have been out in 60, 70-foot surf with him. And it's insane that you're there. But it's such a – the only thing I can that I could maybe compare it to is like being on a mission of some sort, right? And it's like, dude, this is really happening, but I'm engaged, and I'm here, and I'm doing, yep. right? And, and I'm not going to defect. Blinders are on forward right but there was a process to getting there and that process was Laird was body surfing in little surf getting barreled as a kid and so over the years those waves have gotten bigger and and it's allowed him to go to that place and he can surf for six or eight hours a day most of that time is in a relaxed cycle right right and so, when we stop looking at things in the mat, like we have to do more, like more is better, We're, we, we've missed the point. And it's yeah. not that more is better. And I like to train just as much as anybody, man. I do. I mean, that's why I got, That's why I created what I created. Was I burnt myself out running, swimming, and biking my brains out? You know, I was doing twenty-four to thirty-hour, thirty-hour training weeks, like. Damn, you know, and, and doing Ironman and just starting to get into ultra marathons. And I'm like, fuck, I feel like shit. And then my hormone panels basically said I was basically turning into a woman, you know, and I I didn't have much testosterone and like I had estrogen markers that were high. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Like I'm training, like I'm doing like, what the fuck? And it's like, it just so happens that stress is stress, my man. And, uh, if you're burnout. Guess what your body's going to do? It's going to start to shut down. Yeah. And, and, you know, people don't learn from that. They, they take the hard road. And maybe that's what people do need is to have that hard road and be hit. I did, you know, and, and I caught it early on and I was like, okay, I got to talk about what I'm doing now. And, and you know, it's, made, it's helped a lot of people from what I've understood. And that, that is in essence what the ability of creating something being curious about things, and being willing to do things differently, not the yeah. same thing over and over, you know, and there's, this doesn't take anything away from being a vegan ultra endurance athlete, but I will say this, that if you can't stop being a vegan ultra endurance athlete, if if, if you were to take that all away, what would happen to you, and if you'd have a complete fucking meltdown and, and come unhinged, you've got a problem, Yeah.
0: That's something that it was funny because I just got like, I just recently got back into uh, like running, swimming, biking, hiking, doing all that good stuff. And a lot of it had to do with the book that you put out, but also in the position that I'm in now. Um, And that's all about leading by example and being able to show like, Hey, look, this is what I'm doing. I'm able to do it. Everyone else can do it also. And just lead by example, be inspired by others. And it was funny because like now people are like, why are you running so much? Why are you swimming? Why are you doing this? Why are you still lifting weights? And like, why aren't you just being one direction? And I look back at all my buddies who have lost their legs, who have just been in situations they can't be where I'm at today. And it goes back to like, what if I wasn't able to do that? What would I I go back to? And it's like, all right, cool. So if you take away swimming, running, biking, working out, all that good stuff, I have set myself up to learn how to breathe properly. I have learned myself how to go out for a hike in the woods. I have not become dependent on just four walls around me to give me fucking happiness, endorphins, a dopamine effect. I have now opened up my fucking mind to a new place that I can go and get away. That's going to make me be that much more grateful for where I'm at today.
1: Yes. 100%. And that's it. Like, dude, I wasn't even working out. I wasn't training and I was just doing breath work to figure out what is the breath work really doing? What am I accomplishing just with this medium? And then, Having the track, dude, I was doing fucking ultras. I was running a hundred miles and I stopped doing it all because I wanted to see how long I could go without doing this stuff and then work myself back up to doing something else and starting over and what that looks like and how is that? And I I don't need to do it for anybody other than me to understand what is my fucking reality. And if I don't have ultra running and running a hundred miles and suffering my brains out, then, then... What do I have? And that's the question I had to fucking ask because the people I was surrounded with in that community, and it doesn't mean it's all of them. It doesn't mean it's even half of them, right? But look to me as though it was a bunch of fucking addicts doing one thing, expecting things to get better and better and better, and yet they all were falling the fuck apart. You know, And, and, and if what you do is destroying you, fuck that, man. yeah. I'm out like the, the, the happiest people that I've seen, the best that I've seen, what they're doing doesn't destroy them. It improves their life and long and creates a longer life.
0: It, it's funny you say, man, I just sold my, I just sold my gym and I realize like how. now that I step back and see how I am with selling the gym. And it's funny, man, Is like, we talk a lot about the experiences that we've gone through in the past six months as human beings. Right. Then all of a sudden the next six months we talk about it. I feel like that kind of happens for a lot of us. And for me right now, the biggest transition in my life has been selling the business, coming on with Softly, working for myself, doing what I want to do. And I'm starting to see that how unhealthy it was running that business. Yeah. No matter how much I was it's actually so making an impact. In the
1: thick of it. It's so tough when you're in the thick of it though. Dude, I was making
0: an impact on a lot of people locally, yeah. locally right? Yes. But I was taken away from me. Yes. I was unhappy. I was not doing yeah, the yeah. doing what I wanted to do anymore. I just, and
1: I just had this conversation with the guy who I got who I got off the phone to get on this with. Yeah, it was like, dude, like he's like, bro. I had eleven people at the games, and I had three people on the podium, and like, what the fuck did it do for me? Like, at the I think you're talking fucking about fucking put my my life for these people. And it's not even my experience. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, I'm like, look, that's why I got out of that game. This is why I will consult with Annie Thor's daughter, with Frederick Aguias, with James Newbury, with Rich Froning, with fucking whoever. Like, I will come in and go, here's what you can improve. Let me give you a few things. Here's how you can manipulate it. Report back in six or eight weeks. I don't want to – like, look – you're your own fucking person. Go do it. You don't need me to hold your hand. You know what you want. I don't make great athletes. No coach does.
0: No, I love that. That's that's fucking awesome, dude. That's oh man. It's funny you say that because like now I look at it. He was like, I have had this so much all this free time now, and then like my main priority was to be the best fucking father possible. Yeah. Right. I got two daughters are growing up. One's in school now. The other one's getting ready to start school in a year. Uh, but when I was living in the gym all the time. Guess where she would come when she come hung out with me. She'd be in the kid room, watch TV all day. What I was, what was I doing to her? I yeah. was taking away from her free time that she had with me to go visit and go do nature and go to the beach and be a kid. Right. And it was yep. funny cause she just came with me for a few days cause she got, she just started school this last week and we literally were able to go do things. And I sat there and I was like, man, I was like, I, I want to do this more. And I, now she's in school and I got to wait till she's fucking has holidays to do this more and it's like i am doing what i love truly no matter how much of an impact and people were pissed off they can say what they want to say about me leaving and doing my own thing and growing with the company you know what though at the end of the day though this is what i wanted to do and exactly what you're talking about here at the end of, and and that's fucking amazing
1: yeah it's it, it's a great you know but the you know the thing is is that you know we still need to go through the process to yeah. some degree and and if you don't hit walls you know you're not learning sometimes, It's just, you know, you're not going to learn. So people do need to hit walls. And I'm not here to tell people what they should or shouldn't be doing. If they want my advice on something, I will give them straight up advice. And that's that. And if they take it, they take it. If they don't, they don't.
0: Yeah. I want to talk about it real quick, dude. Is the book the yeah. book that and how you how you came out with the book? Um, I talked to with Dr. Andy Galpin already about it, and I kind of I got his, his his foresight on it, but your mindset behind writing it and everything else. I've heard multiple stories already for for kind of what made you think about it. I heard that one story. You're running with one of your guys, kept looking at his watch, and his heart rate was like around 159. He said if he hit 160, was gonna blow up. But you guys were literally on. You literally were having a full conversation. You guys are perfectly fine running. And all of a sudden, he was like, oh, shit. And then it kind of gave you a light bulb. But what other experiences gave you that light bulb to really make the book come out?
1: Um, the thousands of dollars that I've spent on technology and three quarters of it being largely unnecessary. And I mean, we're talking probably in the $100,000 range of tech that I have still at this house. Um, you know, from VO2 max machines to lactate blood meters to pulse oximeters that are well over, you know, $300 to um, whatever. Um, It doesn't matter. The thing is, is that I've spent money on it all and I've used it to try and understand one thing. And at first I didn't understand that at first. And this is where, you know, that light bulb with my buddy who was running, who, who, did had no idea that story was in there and he read the book and he was like thank christ you didn't use my name or i would be so fucking pissed off i'm like why would you be pissed off do you know how many people you'd be helping yeah like the fuck um and i but i also was like dude i wasn't about to give people your name like you know as to what happened but the fact of the matter is is it wasn't you dude it was me i was the guy who let you have the heart rate monitor. And you said you were going to blow up on the program I was giving you. And so, you know, it, it, the, the thing is, is that it sparked something in me. It took a couple of years to really understand it. But that whole notion of I'm letting what a watch is telling me dictate what I am hardwired to understand physiologically. So for instance, um, I, I I get to go dive with some great white sharks here in a couple weeks. Awesome! And this is part of the it's the Stanford project that we're doing in the virtual reality on fear and anxiety, and that is going to be huge because I have the ability to get out of the cage and swim with them. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know that that's going to happen, right? I I've got to feel the ability to do that, but I I have the pass to do that, and and not many people get these passes. So that said, I have swam with other sharks before, and I did this this last year, and it was a huge, huge impact on me because I, I mean, like I've been in the water with sharks because I've surfed my whole life, but I've never really consciously gotten in the water where there's more than 30 or 40 sharks, right? And the, most of these sharks were in the six to eight foot range, and that is a big fucking fish. And if that fish decides it wants to bite you, there's nothing, there's absolutely nothing you can do except start swinging and hoping that you get out without any catastrophic injuries. But the fact that there's 30 or 40 of them, you have no chance because once one goes, they all go and they feed and they eat and they're done and you're gone in seconds. And we're in the water with a guy with a guide and he's like, look, you need to remain calm. If you can't remain calm, we need to get you the fuck out of the water because these sharks will pick up on that. That's what they say. I was like, I think
0: I was like watching shark week. They say they actually pick up fear and anxiety. The sharks actually,
1: it's electromagnetic energy. So when you're in a sympathetic state, like you're giving off that type of electromagnetic energy, it's all energy. And so we were in the water for like probably 15, 20 minutes and then all of a sudden the sharks like and i'm talking like dude it's there's some pictures back on my instagram account, account this year like back in winter okay. and you, you can see them and they are fucking erratic as shit all of a sudden and just mo- and the guy our guide gets everybody head up above water and he goes we need to go to the boat now what the fuck's going on who's fr-? and and two of my buddies were like I'm freaking out right now, dude. I, I just started freaking out. And like, I felt it and I'm freaking out. And and literally he's like, chill the fuck out now. And he, he's like, just calm down, calm down. And the moment they calmed down, the sharks just went, It went right back in line. And I so that right there is like, well, so what just happened, right? And we like – basic terminologies well the fucking sharks picked up on the energy well sure they did but we are hardwired in the exact same way you don't enter a room like when was if you if you go home you know your kids are in a bad mood or good mood or what kind of mood they're in if you walk into a room i mean especially within the special forces community yeah you are taught to understand facial recognition, yep. what is going on with somebody, what my back is to the wall when I enter the room. Like, <laughs> dude, like I'm, I'm actually wearing a, a, a uh, observe
0: the patterns, make a plan, execute, then vanish. I love it, dude.
1: Right. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I, I made a donation to some, uh, t- some team thing and they sent me this, but it's just funny that I've got this on right now. But that the, the fact is, is dude, we are hardwired in the exact same way a shark is, yet we sit there and we marvel at what the shark can do because we're like, fuck, it's just so crazy. They can pick up on that energy. Yo, so can you. <laughs> Stop <laughs> looking at your fucking watch for an indicator of what's going on and start feeling what's going on and understanding what that feeling is. And, you know, it, look, I, I running into athletes of all types who think they're in tune with their bodies, They're fucking hired in kites they're lying (laughs) like you're like you don't understand like you're not getting it it's really like it's so much more deep than that and it's like i watched a deer the other day enter into our yard because we live like in the middle of nowhere and and so we have wild animals everywhere up here in oregon and it came in and i knew instantaneously the way the ears were focused i'm like fuck there's something wrong with that thing and it was a mom And it had lost its baby. And Aaron's literally 10 minutes later goes, oh yeah, she was with its baby and the baby couldn't get over the fence. And so she's just basically been here the whole time. And I'm like, fuck. And like, there's a part of me that's like, I want to hunt deer, you know? But their other part of me is like, fuck dude, that sucks. So it's like, I go, I open up part of the fence, you know, and then I connect the, the mama deer and the baby deer and all this stuff. But it's like, Dude, I hardwired that shit and knew that fucking deer. There was something wrong with it. How the fuck did I do that? I haven't been like, but that's the the essence of a training program is if, if what you're doing in a training program does not translate over to what you should be naturally capable of and we are nature but we want to buffer off nature as quickly as we can. And that's what, that's what unplugs about, man, is it's like, it's not saying get rid of technology. It's saying use the technology to get your understanding of your own heightened senses. There's nothing like, look, you could go into a mission and you can get feedback and information and all of that is critical. Right. But it's, is it more critical than the fact when you walk into a room and you know whether somebody is fucking a friendly or not? Right? And you can't like you've got to understand that situation. And that is a fucking ingrained thing that everybody should be able to do. Whether I shoot my if somebody walks into my house or or walks onto my land, whether I shoot that person or I don't is based on my you know, not that I am gonna shoot anybody, but yeah. <laughs> everybody that's listening to this can understand this. Oh yeah, definitely. So, Yeah, so it's like, look, I have to have the ability to make a choice decision, right? Like that. Like that. And if I don't have that fucking, if I don't have that ability, or the intuition to
0: be able to just like,
1: just go. What use is my training program? What use? And, and this is why we marvel at things. I just posted something I saw it. this morning about like a fire and it's like, people are freaking out and it's like, well, they're not freaking out. They're marveling at the fire and the beauty of it and all this stuff. And you know, we, we, we look at this as like, we, we don't think it's this damaging thing. Although we do, but we don't like, it's like just a part of nature, but yet it's destroying more shit than we do as a, as a species at a rate that's really high. And, To date, we don't have anything even equivalent to what a hurricane can do to the world. Like, it'd take 10,000 nukes to do what Katrina did, right? And it's like, okay, so what does all that mean? And it's like, dude, we're a part of this thing that, like, we're marveling at. And we are capable of so much more than we want to give ourselves credit for. And the problem is, is we're trying to take a fast track to something that's creating comfort versus versus the ability to fucking transcend into this this place that we are so much more capable of. And I think breath work has become a large part of that because it is the remote control of the brain. And so if I understand when I walk into a situation, if I start going <laughs> that I should fucking change that into no matter what. So I'm like, you know, deep in, deep out, and now I can comprehend the situation with what I'm doing and I've automatically put on some parasympathetic tone, which is allowing me to comprehend what's, what's going, going on. on. And I've got the, my, 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 frontal cortex is now, my, my cortex now functions correctly yeah. versus now it doesn't. And I can't make the appropriate decision and I'm fucking in a fight, flight or freeze state. So, you know, it, it, it's all, and this is the essence of unplugged, man it let's use technology because we're it, it ain't going anywhere it's coming at us hard and it, it really is about hey let's use the technology to understand ourselves better so that we can get better and then you know instead of n- maybe not you know totally hooking ourselves up to computers although that's coming like look we've got a fairly big computer in here that we're not using a lot of yeah and this is the other part of what, how we look at nature. And it's like, I tell this story on the lion and the antelope and I've used it within this community. I've used it with John Jones. I've used it with, um, I've used it with a lot of people to where we make, it's about decisions. And if you watch, if you've ever watched national geographic or anything with a lion hunting something, you can observe this after I tell you this story and it'll make even more sense is that when a lion hunts an antelope, there's no physiological difference between either animal. They are both highly sympathetic. They're both adrenals are off the charts, heart rates through the roof, brain activity going haywire. They're in this focused state. One knows it's being hunted. Something's going on. The other one knows it needs to eat or it's going to die, right? So they're both in a very natural state. That's what nature is. It's die. It's eat. It's live or die. And there is one difference though. And that is the lion wants to be there and the antelope does not. And the moment you make the decision you want to be there, you actually are there. Yeah. And that's, that's,
0: funny.
1: that's it, man. That's
0: amazing, dude. I posted a while back. I think it was like three or four weeks. I've kind of been going through different phases and, and kind of like really looking deeper. And I posted a photo of a lion crouching down hunting and, I talked about how micro movement dictates macro movement, right? In the athlete, in life, in general, and I go and I talk about. I literally posted on there and I was talking about if you ever watch a lion hunt, their movement quality, their movement variability, the way they hunt, the way they're calm, doesn't change even though they are in that sympathetic tone, knowing they need to eat. But it's because they live in such a parasympathetic zone for so. Like again, like I said, they only go into a sympathetic tone when they need to eat, right? Or when they're getting ready to hunt. Well, other than that, what are they doing most of the time? They're either sleeping. They're asleep. Yeah. So, <laughs> they're <all there.
1: laughs> like, so I was like. that, And there's the other part of the story, too, is it's either case. Let's just say that the lion catches the antelope. The lion down regulates and goes into a parasympathetic state within minutes. Mm-hmm. If the antelope gets away. Both animals downregulate and go into a parasympathetic state in two minutes, and they no longer have to fucking think about what just happened. Exactly. No, and that's and that's what we should be doing, right? Like, you, you, you reposted the
0: thing about me doing the mile run after snatching and, and then, and, yeah. the run, and like, I right away was like, I got in, did some downregulation breathing, and literally two minutes later, I totally forgot about what I just did and continued going on about my day. Yep. It's it's just fucking mind blowing, bro. And 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 we're coming up on time here in a little bit, just just because I got to get going too. Uh, yeah. But uh, dude, this has been really enlightening, man. Like I said, I fucking appreciate everything you're doing, dude. For not just the athletes, but for the human beings in general, dude. And and it sounds like your your hands are in everything, and it makes me feel better because like you're doing like the the anxiety and the fear type training. I've been thinking about like how can we fix. The military athlete, or just the LEO firefighters and police, on how to get them from okay, we created trauma. Here's a way to reset this so it doesn't happen again. So you're able to continue moving forward with your life.
1: Yes, and, and well, I, I, I yeah, thank you. Um, and but you know, I, I'm I'm a sound mind that, and this is why I have co-authors with things is I'm not alone in what I do. None of us are. we shouldn't think that way. Yeah, and, and I've watched a lot of people that I've grown up with that, that just take the solo route, and it's just not for me. Um, I'm, I'm, I want Rob Wilson to be the greatest Rob Wilson that can be. And I want him to affect – I think Rob's going to be our go-to for, for, for the Special Forces community to a large degree. And, and, yes, it has to do with the fact that he's also embedded in Virginia Beach. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, but, and we've already been into, you know, six, we've been at red, we've done some stuff and they're starting to get it and they're starting to see this, but it, it really comes to things like, Hey, um, what do you guys want to do with these guys? Like how, how do you want this to, to, to work? And you've got to be open to this change and it's not as difficult as you think. And the, the other part of this is it's not this hippy dippy thing where you need to sit in full Lotus and get all fucking you know yogied out either you can do it sitting in a helo you can do it like when you're done training you can do it as you go to bed at night laying in bed and you can change and alter your physiology so that you're actually dealing with things in a manner that allows you to effectively handle stuff and even though we see trauma and see these things because these are not like look the amount of shit that you guys see is actually quite normal if we talk about history it was actually probably way more brutal like medieval times fuck <laughs> you were torturous you know it, sure the weapons have changed but what the fuck dude like we used to disembowel people like you know and rip Wanna them thing <laughs> yeah i mean come on like we were pr- we, we know how to handle stuff like this animals do this but you know for instance just to bring it back the animal analogy just like the, the, the lion story is it's like look Suppose that deer never saw its baby again, right? She was going through trauma. She would have come out of that trauma in another day yep. and would have moved on because life is like that. Yep. You have got to move on or you're going to fucking die. And if you're going to sit there and fret on the past, which is something that doesn't even exist anymore, there's only one existence and it's right now. And and that has nothing like, it's okay. Like let's get through this stuff and let's fucking figure out a way to handle it so that you can move on and be like the, the mama deer who lost her baby. And, and I don't want anybody to lose their babies. I don't, but you have to live. You have to continue to live. And, and, and that's what, that, that's what this is about. And, and it's effectively living.
0: That's awesome, dude. Well, man, that was a a good way to end off on this podcast for sure, dude. If anybody wants to reach you for some, uh, for constellation or consult, I can't even speak right now. (laughs) Consults, consults, consults with you. Yeah. Power,
1: power, speed, endurance. And then, um, go there, there's a, uh, you can go to learn or something and it's under there. Yeah. Just go to power, speed, endurance, and you can email us as well from there. Um, Social handles at Brian McKenzie on Twitter, Brian McKenzie on Facebook, and then at I Am Unscared on uh, Instagram,
0: and then Power, Speed, Endurance across the boards. And then the book right now is actually on a pro, uh, promo right now, right on Amazon. Yes, right?
1: yes, and we're doing we're doing some pretty cool stuff um, to where you know most bought books. We'll fly you out and you spend a day with Andy and I and how we work and, and Andy's the scientist and I'm the fucking tinkerer and we kind of work together and it really works well. It's a really good symbiotic relationship um, and it, it, it'll be a hell of a day. Um, and then we're giving out books, you know, all week and stuff. So whoever, just buy the book, man. It, it's it, it's a good read. It, it, it's pr- it it's is actually. The most, legitimately, it's been the most positive feedback I've had on all three books. And I had a, I had a New York Times bestseller. Yeah. No, dude, I really enjoy, I've
0: read I've read all your books. And this one has been the, the highlight of like really life changing for me um, with coming forward with, you know, moving on and utilizing, hey, don't utilize technology, because and, and use it to a certain extent. But you know, there's greater things out there than just that. And it's been a fucking it's been an eye opener for me. And it's actually continued to help me continue to grow as who I am today
1: well I, I look I can't thank you enough I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate as hell to, to, to have the opportunity like this to do this but the fact of the matter is is the thanks goes to you it goes to your the, the people listening to this um, that are a part of this community have been a part of this community um, I hold this in the highest regards that there is um, and always probably will um, because that's just my, my my understanding is my my, my life here on this, in this country at least exists because of men who are willing to go chase the boogeyman at night and the boogeyman does fucking exist. Yes,
0: it does. Yes. Awesome, dude. All right, brother. Well, we're going to go ahead and get off here, but thanks again, bro. Thank you.